You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lambs Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Radke. Julian Andrews, uh, he's on editing duties today. He'll be back in a podcast later this week. We're giving you three this week because we gave you one last week. We owe you. Um, cool podcast today. We have L.A. Ray from L.A. Courtside. He covers both the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, the the Clippers a little bit. Obviously, big thanks to our friends at DraftKings for sponsoring um get your lineups in um those dude i'm addicted to those like free playoff pools those are those are wild uh free pools um you can make money it's fun um but ray um it's it's awesome to have you on the pod man um we're jack to talk clippers how are you doing good how's it going i'm doing well um he obviously uh you follow uh both the clippers and the lakers um and everybody go subscribe to, to Ray's podcast. Um, also a podcast in the hoops or the, the, the hoops podcast networks We're company people here, but, um, I mean, I can't imagine over the, over the, over the last few days, I think like last week we were talking about how the Mavericks, they were up 2-0 and, and how maybe does Dallas have a chance in the Western conference finals and <laughs> to, to get to the Western conference finals, um, if they can win two series, cause, cause, uh, doesn't seem like there's any respect for Utah. And then, the Clippers come back and Kawhi takes over game six and then game seven was, was just uh, pretty much all LA, but um, where, where are you guys at coming after or coming off of that series against Dallas? The series against Dallas, of course, that was a riveting uh, seven game series. As you know, the, uh, the away team won the first six games. Now the first two games that were in the Staples center that the Clippers lost uh, most Clipper fans, including myself, were looking to last year like, you know, here we go again. They lost the uh, the bubble series against Denver when they were up three games to one. And then they lost those last three games. And then now you go to this year and many people are picking them to go to the Western Conference Finals, including myself, against the other L.A. team, the Lakers. Then they lose those first two games against uh, Dallas. And again, all the air was let out of the balloon. But to their credit... Uh, they came back and ended up winning that uh, series in the seven games. And, of course, being led by the claw, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who really put that team on his back. So as of right now, uh, they're playing the uh, Utah Jazz, of course. They lost their first game last night. But uh, I have some optimism that this team, the Clippers, will finally, for the first time in their history, uh, make it to the Western Conference Finals. And I'm really looking forward to that. 
isn't that weird that they've never made it to the Western Conference? Like I look back at those teams with like Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and it just seems so weird that they haven't. But um, like it feels like maybe we're not talking about this, and maybe it's a a topic in LA, the the basketball scene there. But like with everything that the Clippers did to acquire Kawhi and trade for Paul George and all the assets they've given up for this kind of two-year window. Um, obviously last year was so goofy with, with the bubble and, um, whatever, and and year one with the team. And then now year two, um, the team moves on from doc rivers gets Ty Lue as a coach. Like, is there a lot of talk there and and pressure of like, if this doesn't work out or if we lose to Utah in this, in this series, like, well, we might lose Kawhi. And then this was all for naught. There is a lot of pressure internally in that Clippers organization. Because as you mentioned, Kawhi, he has that clear option where he, at the end of this year, can walk away from the Clippers. Now, I don't think that he will do that. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that, you know, wants to go from team to team to team, but there's still that possibility. And if that happens, then the Clippers will be just going back to square one. But again, like you mentioned, they, they gave up a lot of assets to get Paul George and uh, get Kawhi in there and have that dynamic duo and that pressure it just mounts. And then the other the pressure that they have really is uh, from the Lakers. And of course, the Lakers have that storied history in LA. That is a LA Lakers town, much like in New York, even though the Brooklyn Nets could possibly win the championship, that is a New York Knicks town. So the Clippers, they have that, what do you call, I would say little brother syndrome, so to speak, in the LA area. And if they don't win this year, then it's a possibility that that team could be broken up. So I think they do have a lot of pressure. Uh, it was very good that they outlasted Dallas because if they had lost in the first round against Dallas, that you know the, the fans would have just went crazy out there in Los Angeles, the Clipper fans. But they did survive that. You know they have Utah now, so they have a chance. They have a chance to uh, do what no other Clipper team has done. And not only make it to the Western Conference Finals, but make it to the NBA Finals and finally win their first ever NBA championship. And again, I think they really, really have a good chance to do that. Where were you at um, just on the, 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 you know, the team moving on from Doc Rivers last year and hiring Ty Lue? Um, is it one of those things where Doc was just in the same place for so long with, with, with a new team that just needed a new voice? Um, and ironically, the same voice that was on the sideline next to Doc, you know, throughout, throughout that first year with Kawhi and Paul George. But um, where were you kind of where did you stand on that move and, and how have you seen that go um, either positively or negatively this year? I think it was a, a positive thing getting Ty Lue to replace Doc Rivers. You know, a lot of people may not uh, realize that Doc Rivers is the only NBA coach that has lost three playoff series after being up three games to one. Uh, he's the only coach to ever do that. That's so, not a great stat for him. <laughs> it's definitely not a great stat for him. And that's one of the reasons why. And then maybe the offensive philosophy, you know, toward the end of the year, uh, Paul George uh, was, was saying some things about Doc Rivers and how Paul George was being used. Although I thought Paul George may have went over the top a little bit. Paul George didn't necessarily play well after they were up three games to one and then blew that three one lead against Denver but he kind of threw um Doc under the bus a little bit and Doc kind of took the high road initially and then you know when he got the job in Philadelphia then he said a few things about Paul George but as far as the philosophy goes 
you know, Ty Lue is a different type of coach. Their offensive philosophy is a little bit different. Uh, Doc Rivers runs a lot more maybe ISO type plays and, and Ty Lue's offense is a little bit more, a little bit more free flowing and allowing the players to maybe shoot a little bit more threes than, than uh, Doc Rivers team would. But I think it was a good move. You know, it's just a different, a different voice in the locker room, you know, sort of like to uh, shake things up a little bit. But the pressure's on Ty Lue as well, you know, even though this is his first year, because I'm sure he knows in the back of his mind that if they do not win this and Kawhi Leonard walks out the door, then he's going to be back in square one. That team is going to be nowhere near as good as they are now. But overall, I think it was a good move in getting uh, Ty Lue to replace Doc Rivers. I was talking to the guys from the, the Utah Jazz podcast last week, and we were just talking about, you know, what, what defines your season as a positive. And, every, you know, every team is different. And, and uh, for Utah, they just kind of said if they get to the Western Conference Finals, that's a, that's a win for a team that they didn't really know where they were at going into the season with with the Mitchell and Gobert drama and, um, you know, whatever it was. But for, for the Clippers, it's kind of a little different. And if you look at how the West has played out and you say, hey, like, you know, Denver has, uh, a, you know, Jamal Murray's out, right? And you just look at how the West has played out. And the number one seed was Utah, a team that not many people are taking serious. Um, and then you look and you go, the Lakers are already out. And here's the final four. And if you're a Clippers fan, not knowing anything else, and, and you just look at the final four teams left, it, it seems like it'd be disappointing not to make it to the finals. And I, and, and I know that's that that's a, you know, a, a lot to put on a team, but when you, when a team goes all in, like the Clippers have, I think that's fair. He's, and I know, I know, I know last year, Paul George said it wasn't championship or bust, but it really feels like it probably is at least to get to the finals uh, for the Clippers. Right. It is definitely that uh, this year with, uh, and, and like you mentioned, Utah having the, the best record in the league. I don't think anybody forecasted that before the season started. We all know that Utah had, you know, a, a pretty good team, but they ended up having the best record in all of basketball. But and just looking at that team, just looking at the talent level, I still think the Clippers have more overall talent than uh, Utah does. And, and then on the other side, Denver, you know, you don't have Jamal uh, Murray now, who's out with that um, ACL injury, which was kind of uh, disappointing. I, you know, I like to see teams at full strength when they're in the playoffs. But and then you have the Phoenix Suns, who – I. You know, no one thought that they would have the type of season that they had. I underrated them all year round, but they don't have a playoff experience uh, that the Clippers have other than, say, a Chris Paul. So the window of opportunity right now is open to the Clippers, and it would be very, very disappointing if they, again, don't at least make the Western Conference Finals, let alone the, uh, the NBA Finals. So, and what I would like to see, Kyle, is that rematch of last year uh, when the, if the Clippers go up against the Denver Nuggets. So let's say if Denver uh, ends up beating Phoenix, although Phoenix is up one game to a none in that series, and then if the Clippers can overtake Utah, now you have that rematch of last year when the Clippers blew that 3-1 series lead, and you'll have Denver and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. So that is my personal wish. Uh, uh, hopefully that will come true. And if the Clippers, if they can overcome that, the demon called the Denver Nuggets, then they would be well on their way. And then they'll, you know, ended up playing somebody like Brooklyn, you know, who knows, or Philadelphia, um, you know, who knows how that would turn out. But at least they would make their first NBA finals if it plays out like that. 
Yeah, yeah, and if if uh, if the Clippers get a three-one lead against Denver, um, if I'm the Nuggets and I'm at the Pepsi Center, I'm just getting a bunch of cutouts of Doc Rivers and, and placing them around, um, in exactly, hopes, in hopes they can yeah. come back. Um, so you you know, obviously, I think for all of us on this podcast network, we're kind of plugged into our teams, and we also watch a lot of you know national basketball as well. But I think. Um, there's always something about a team that that the maybe the outside doesn't know or those that don't watch the team every single day. Um, for for example, I'm, I'm like the Timberwolves, right? Like two years ago, we kind of knew Nas Reed was going to be a decent player, and um, he's turned into to to a decent bench guy. Um, little things like that. Is there anything? Um, and then I guess earlier this year, it was pretty apparent that like D'Angelo Russell and Ryan Saunders didn't really get along. Um, little things that if you're not watching those games, which, uh, nobody in their right mind from outside of Minnesota should watch Timberwolves games. I don't advise that. Uh, but, uh, for, for you with the Clippers, is there, what's like an interesting thing for watching the playoffs that, that maybe we're, we're not quite aware of. Uh, you mean in terms of the, the Clippers? Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, the, I would say the, the point guard, uh, trio for the Clippers, you have that, uh, three headed monster and Reggie Jackson, and then you have um, uh, Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo, uh, who's one of my favorite players. Uh, and Rajon Rondo, of course, coming over from the Lakers to the Clippers. So he basically just switched locker rooms. But throughout the year, it didn't seem like Ty Lue had a handle on how he's going, how he was going to use his uh, point guards. Patrick Beverly, of course, he's a he's like a defensive star. You know, he's a bulldog on defense, but he offers, in my opinion, very little offensively. And Reggie Jackson, formerly of the uh, Detroit Pistons, uh, Detroit is where I'm originally from, so I know a, a whole lot about Reggie Jackson. You know, he's so hot and cold. You, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from game to game for Reggie Jackson, especially offensively. And defensively, he really offers uh, much of it, doesn't offer much of anything. And then you have the, uh, the old gray beard Rondo coming in to uh, solidify that team in terms of, uh, toward the end of the games, and he's like a coach on the floor. It's like an extension of Ty Lue. So now the way it's, the way it has uh, shaken out, Reggie Jackson has been playing very, very well down the stretch, and it looks like uh, he's going to be dominating the majority of the minutes moving forward with Rondo coming off the bench and then Patrick Beverly uh, playing spot minutes depending on matchups and things like that. So it's really the guard play all year that, Clippers fans were going back and forth. I'm on Twitter a lot. And, uh, you know, you had your segment of uh, fans who did not even like Rondo coming to the team. And then you have your segment of fans that absolutely love Patrick Beverly because of his tenacity. And then you have some that like uh, Reggie Jackson. So that was like an interesting dynamic all throughout the season. But right now it seems like Ty Lue has settled in on Reggie Jackson being the uh, primary ball handler. Uh, in the playoffs from this point forward. Yeah, I, I, th- I do think Ty Lue's done a really nice job with with kind of finding a rotation that works. And in the playoffs, it's always night to night, right? Like, I think it's like for somebody like Luke Kennard, I think it's easy to look at that contract and say, well, they they paid him way too much money. But if, if he has a big playoff series and it gets him to the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, um, it's really hard to disagree with, with, with money you pay players, even if they don't perform in the regular season or if they're, um, irrelevant in a series, which is, 
which is wild. And that's, that's kind of how the NBA works with, with some of those specialists, but um, Ray, you're a busy guy. Um, we'll let you go, but uh, where can people find your podcast and where they can, where can they find you on Twitter? On Twitter, uh, in terms of the podcast, you can uh, follow the podcast at LA courtside pod. And I also have a blog uh, website, uh, laraysports.com. And then that Twitter handle is at LA sports. And then I've also launched a, uh, a YouTube channel. Uh, entitled LA Courtside, where I'll be um, uh, doing a, a, the YouTube version, pretty much a, a spinoff of the uh, the audio podcast as well. So this is very, very interesting. Uh, this is the first time I've actually done a podcast such as this. And uh, thanks to the Basketball Podcast Network, as you mentioned, and also our uh, sponsor, DraftKings.com. And uh, it's really, really fun. You know, I, I really, really enjoy uh, basketball, I mean, sports in general. I'm a huge L.A. fan, and again, uh, originally from Detroit, Michigan, but I've always just been enamored with uh, Los Angeles sports. I've been to the city several times, and uh, it, it goes all the way back to when the Lakers were playing on uh, uh, TV late at night, and, you know, uh, Gail Goodrich and uh, Will Chamberlain and all those guys, kind of kind of aging myself here, Kyle. And <laughs> then, right. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, in the Magic Johnson days, you know, Magic Johnson being from uh, Michigan, from uh, Lansing, and going to Michigan State, and uh, Worthy and all those teams. And then, of course, you know, here comes Kobe Bryant, my all-time favorite uh, player, may he rest in peace, that those teams with Shaq. And then now, of course, you have LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis. But the Clippers didn't come on the scene in L.A. until 1984, and – you know, I, I enjoy watching the Clippers as well. I may be the only L.A. fan who kind of roots for both teams. In the city of Los Angeles, you're either one or the other. There's no I like them both type of deal except for myself. So I thought it'd be interesting to do a, a podcast based on both teams. And uh, I'm really, really having fun with it. Yeah, it seems like it's working, man. Um, you're doing good stuff, and um, I was just gonna say, yeah, you're in, you're you're on the East Coast watching these West Coast games. I can barely do it, um, and I'm here in Minnesota, and there's an hour difference. So, uh, bless it's you. Brutal. Those, those oh, it's brutal! It's brutal! It's brutal! The West Coast games they come on on the East Coast at most of the times at 10 p.m. and uh, it's it, you know it's only seven o'clock in in Los Angeles. So depending on where they're playing, and like a lot of a lot of times, I'll stay up and watch those games. But, um, you know, thank God for NBA TV. So if I, uh, you know, if I end up going to sleep or something like that, I can just get up in the morning and, and finish watching the game in its uh, totality. So thank God for NBA TV. It kind of works out well. I, I, I do the same thing. Um, but, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Good luck with your podcast. Um, we'll, we'll have you on soon if, if uh, the Clippers can uh, win the series. Okay, Kyle. I appreciate you having me on, man. You have a good day. You too, Ray. Bye.